Welcome to Tuning In, Episode 8. I'm Terry. I'm Kenzie. Well, we had a busy week this week. We did. I think it's been a little bit since we recorded. Yeah. But, I don't know, we've been busy. Yeah, well, Fallout Boy, which we will uh, go ahead and do our reviews of what we researched this week. Mm -hmm. Fallout Boy was quite a challenge for me. There's a... Quite a bit of material compacted mm-hmm. into their career, so I really had to weed through that and try to pick the, the what I thought was the most prominent and kind of the most interesting. How about you with art? Well, I mean, now you know how I feel every week, so <laughs> I'm not going to give you too much sympathy there, but that's okay. So I, yeah, I have some feelings about heart. I enjoyed it. Had a good week. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. I have some feelings. Well, we're on uh, a new level of social media. Tell us about that. Oh, yeah. Literally, as of today, we have an Instagram now. And I just kind of wanted a platform that people could, you know, I don't know, chat or, I guess, give us any suggestions Mm -hmm. and also a place that we could just post about our content and new episodes and all that stuff rather than maybe necessarily posting on our (laughs) personal accounts on everything and bombarding the friends and family that see that all the time. So we'll probably still continue to do that, but (laughs) (laughs) it's okay. Um, But yeah, no, just kind of being a little more official. So how do people find that? Oh, right. Um, So tuning in podcast with a period between each word. So tuning period in period podcast. Cool. And follow us. Maybe we'll do other social medias later, but that's all we have at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we uh, watched an exciting movie. Oh, yes. We had to talk about this. Tuning In's first movie reveal. Um, We watched Eurovision on Netflix. And honestly, what do you think? I enjoyed it. It was, you know, it was will ferrell and in his mode oh yeah we, we praise anything he does <laughs> yeah. and uh i i enjoyed it you know for what it was it reminded me you know when there's several references to 80s mtv videos that they would make and some of the drama i i learned you know it was pretty silly but i learned about eurovision i didn't know anything there about was eurovision. a lot of truth to it which yeah. i didn't yeah. expect we had to do like some mid-movie google searching mm-hmm but there's some actually really important people that came from the real Eurovision, which is like ABBA, which if anyone knows me, knows that I'm just head over heels for Mamma Mia movies. Mm-hmm. So ABBA is fantastic. And then Celine Dion. Yeah. And then there was, what was that other band that you uh, said? It was a band called, and people might remember this from the 80s, Katrina and the Waves. And they did Walking on Sunshine. A lot of people know that song. And, you know, that was a big hit. And then that were kind of a one-hit wonder or two-hit wonder. And then they kind of mm-hmm. faded and things didn't go real well. But then they resurrected their career. You know, normally you would do Euro a contest and then get big. Mm-hmm. They kind of did big and then they did a contest. Yeah. And uh, they won it. And it resurrected their career briefly. Uh-huh. And then things kind of fell apart again. Yeah. But they kind of got a little surge there from Eurovision. So that's pretty cool. And there's, yeah. It's been going on for years. I know. Well, yeah, we were just, who knew, you know? Yeah. But uh, I thought it was, like, it was pretty great and terrible all at the same time. Well, that finale, though, that was just gripping. Okay. <laughs> I have to talk about that because it was, like, <laughs> I, like, cried. Like, uh, this entire time I was, like, okay, like, I love the movie, but at the same time I feel like I'm kind of watching, like, a teen, like, pitch-perfect type of movie. Mm-hmm. Wasn't sure how I felt about it. And then at the end... 
if you are in, if you don't care about the movie, listen to the song. It's called like Husavik because <laughs> I got my Icelandic like voice. She does some like Icelandic stuff in there. I don't know. Give you chills. I cried. It was, it was nuts. It was nuts. But um, yeah, other than that, there's some stuff about elves and. Um, you know, just whatever sparks your interest, yeah. I guess. I think it's worth the pandemic time. Oh, we've all we've got some time. You, just watch Eurovision; yeah. it's fine. You won't be worse for the wear for doing that. Exactly. No. Well, hey, let's move on to heart. To heart. Yeah. Okay. I really have liked heart over the years, so I'm curious I, what you think. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I knew, I know of heart, and I know that you have like kind of played heart in the past, and there's just been a lot of that here and there throughout mm-hmm. my childhood so I was I was aware yeah but um I just knew the main songs and I knew like Barracuda and stuff and sure. mostly from like Guitar Hero mm-hmm. yeah, but right, yeah. um there was a couple of them where I was like oh they were on Guitar Hero but I started out the week or whenever we started our research um kind of listening to them and I honestly hated it. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I was listening to a, po- or a playlist that was yeah. just like the best of heart. I hated it. I would listen to like a minute of each song and mm-hmm. I was like, skip. like some of yeah. them were okay. I won't uh, be like every yeah. song was trash, but I was literally like so unmotivated to so <laughs> keep the, the, the songs you didn't like were those some of the older... Uh... Kind of acoustic things? I don't even know. And I think my issue was that I needed to put, like, a face to the voice, and I needed to do... I should have done my research first. Mm -hmm. Because then once I started doing my research, I was like, oh, these people are cool. Like, I like this band. And it's not still my style of music necessarily, but it made me appreciate them more once I kind of, like, put a face to it. And so then I learned my lesson. But anyways... I like them now. Oh, oh good. Good. <laughs> so, um, like you said, they were a Pacific Northwest band. Started in Seattle. And um, it was started by, like, a couple of guys that ended up being in the band. But the main two people of the band were um, Anna and Nancy Wilson, which are sisters. And the whole dynamic of the band and the members and all that was so interesting to me. I did not expect it. And I live for drama. You know, I love mm-hmm. reality TV and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I watched a little, like, documentary, I guess, or not documentary, but them explaining their kind of time and heart. And it was so interesting to me. Um, and so, anyways, they started with this, like, small band in Seattle. It was originally called White Heart. And then over time, they switched it to Heart. At one point, it was called Hocus Pocus back to heart hmm. so um nancy yes or no sorry ann wilson was the original like lead singer of the band she found it in a newspaper ad and they were like sure why not they started going on tour and then some of the other guys in the band were steve fawson roger fisher david belzer and jeff johnson were kind of the original people um so then Roger Fisher, he had a bre- brother named Mike. And this was kind of during, like, the times of getting deployed for the war. And so Mike didn't want to be in the war. So he fled to Canada. Oh. And so he wanted to just kind of ignore that all entirely. 
and or avoiding the draft i'm sorry so yeah so he, he fled to canada but then decided to cross back over into the u.s to watch one of their concerts one day and so when he came over that's when he saw Anne at the concert and fell in love with Anne. And so it was Roger's brother, Mike, and Anne. And so then he started hanging around more. And she wrote that song, Magic Man, about him. Oh, really? Yeah. That, I didn't know that. Th that song's okay. about Mike Fisher. I didn't know who that was about. Um, and then Mike ended up becoming their manager as well. And so there was kind of a weird, like, brothers thing and then... Eventually, Anne was like, I miss my sister, and she's going to college in Oregon, which I'm like, yeah, like, <laughs> represent. And so um, she was college, going to college in Oregon, and Anne really missed her, so she was like, Nancy, come be, like, come help us out with the band. You can be a part of it. No problem. And she was like, okay, fine. Because Anne was the singer, and growing up, Nancy was really good at guitar. I guess she got, like, chicken pox as a kid, and... She just grabbed a guitar and, like, wouldn't stop playing it. And she's like, I slept with it a lot. Like, it was super uncomfortable, but I just, like, really <laughs> liked it. Wow. So then Nancy joined the band. And then um, Roger spent, like, a t Roger Fisher. He spent a lot of time trying to get her in shape for the band, kind of showing her, like, their music styles and all that jazz. And then they ended up dating for a long time. So it was, like, two brothers two sisters dating each other what could and go wrong what could go wrong exactly yeah. so it sounds like you know just a mixture for success and everybody was like is this a ploy like is this even real are you guys trying to get fame from it but it was very much real and so they all started doing going on tour together and doing real gigs and so then at one point they got hired at a canada dinner bar and they made a joke that said that they the food there tasted like Purell and they got fired. And so then they were so mad that they were literally about to start a fire in the dressing room and like set it on fire and leave. Mm. And then their manager came in and was like, wait, 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 hold on. Rod Stewart wants you to open up for him in Montreal. And they're like, okay, never mind. Like it was literally as they were about to, I mean, probably not within seconds, but you know what I mean? They were pissed. And then all of a sudden things kind of turned around for them. So it was actually really interesting because when they went to Montreal, like their music had already been playing there. So these people already knew their music. Is that like their first album? Yeah, it was kind of when they first started mm -hmm. releasing all that, their first music. And people in Montreal already knew it, but they didn't know that. So when they got there as the openers, which kind of reminds me of Def Leppard, mm -hmm. like you didn't know their music, right. but you were like, wow, like they're really good. Yeah. And so when they got there as the openers, these people were singing along and like already knew their songs and they oh. were like, this is crazy. Yeah. So that's when they were kind of like, okay, we don't need to be doing these dinner bars in Canada. Like we're actually getting some sort of fame. Oh yeah, absolutely. So then they became a part, well, they already signed on to this thing called mushroom records and then mushroom records <laughs> sold a article to the Rolling Stone saying that Nancy and Anne were lesbian lovers and they were like, what the heck? You know, our own record label put this out there and, like, signed on to it. So they they canceled that. <laughs> they signed on with another label. But it made Anne so mad that she 
because some reporter like asked her about it after the show and she was like that's it so she went to her dressing room or her hotel room or whatever and wrote barracuda and that's like what led her to write barracuda pretty angry song Uh uh-huh she was so angry and so she wrote that, which, I mean, became an instant, like, yeah, classic. success yeah. and classic. And, I mean, everybody knows that. Yeah, I remember so, when that came out. That was just all over the radio. Yeah. Well, it's very interesting to me because I feel like a lot of their stuff doesn't always sound like, like hardcore rock, mm-hmm. as they were kind of explaining. Maybe it's changed over time, so I just can't necessarily judge it by the sound, well, very, the way it sounds very now. Very folksy, too. Well, yeah. So yeah. they kind of had a folksy tune to them, but then they were like, we're that all-girl power band and stuff. And I was like, I don't know if I see that, but if you look into the way they've evolved and over time, they've definitely earned that spot. But at the time, it was kind of interesting. And so I think Barracuda was probably a really good avenue into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so they they continued making music over time, and they continued to be that like girl power band led by the two sisters. And um, then they created this album called the Dog and Butterfly album, which I feel like was very like a prominent time because when that happened all of their other life went downhill basically (laughs) and so that was kind of a prominent album because there was a point when roger ended up like he was using a lot of drugs and alcohol and he cheated on nancy and this is the part where i was like this is like reality television right now like Mm -hmm. i'm eating it up so roger was like cheating on nancy and then things spiraled out between them because she was not happy about that obviously and, but they were, like, still living together because they were in the same band. And then Nancy ended up falling in love with the drummer. And so then his name was Mike DeRozier. And so as she was living with her ex-husband, or, no, sorry, they weren't married. Okay. Ex-boyfriend. Um, she was living with her ex-boyfriend and also started falling in love with his bandmate, the drummer. And then they pretended like they were still together, but Nancy and Mike were together. So, like, she's, like, on the stage, we had to act like we were just this, like, lovely couple and all into each other. But she's, like, he was just doing, like, darts into my eyes. Like, he was so mad at me. And then they'd leave the stage and her and Mike would go off together. So then Roger was not okay. And he ended up at a show in Portland um, losing his mind and started smashing his guitar. Really? And, like caused a scene and every like you could see it from the video that he was smashing his guitar on stage so you saw that oh yeah oh really i, never I saw, saw it he was smashing his guitar on stage and then like the entire band all like grouped together on the other side of the stage like they were genuinely scared wow and i just saw a quick snippet of it but um <laughs> it was kind of crazy because he they did an interview with him like later on he was like yeah that was kind of crazy like he was just so keen about it or not he wasn't happy but he was Mm -hmm. like i don't know what was wrong with me yeah and so then pretty much the girls were like this is not okay and after the show he was like in the dressing room so they fled cut ties with him cut him out of the band and he was so thankful he was like i needed this like i couldn't i couldn't stand it any longer you know because he was still in love with her. And so then after that, oh, then Anne, the other sister, and Mike, the other brother, 
end up splitting up because Mike fell in love with somebody else. And I was like, these brothers are so shady. (laughs) And so then she was like, are you in love with him? And he was like, I think I am. So they were both out of the band. Both of the brothers started new. Um, And then poor Nancy, Mike, the drummer, Mike DeRozier broke up with Nancy and she was like, honestly, it's probably karma for whatever happened with Roger anyways. So I should have seen that coming. So anyways, after all the drama, then there was kind of only one person left from the original band. They stopped being as popular because people weren't super into the sound. And I think they liked the original group. Um, And then Nancy, just this hot topic here, she ended up getting this I think he was a rock journalist, and he became her husband. Was that Cameron Crowe? No. Wasn't he? Oh, maybe it was. I can't. Fast Times Original High or something like that. I don't. Now I can't remember. Yeah, I was wondering. I thought, I thought that's what. It was. I thought that was Anne's husband. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, maybe we'll check back up next week. I don't know. One of them, I think, did marry that guy though. Um, so then Nancy got married and then they had to like step up their game and, they, oh, sorry. um, and they were like, <laughs> I don't know. They came up with the best, so- like some of the best songs, like what about love? Never these dreams. And they were like, okay, now we're in the rock scene. Like we're here for this. And corporate music kind of started selling them as sex symbols at that point. And like, that wasn't really the avenue that they were going for, but it's because they were like, almost an all-woman band, just the two of them, that they started kind of, like, using their pictures. And I don't know. They just kind of started selling them as more trophies than music people. Right. And I remember, you know, yeah, they really changed there in the early 80s. I know they weren't doing real well. I remember I used to buy mm-hmm. all their albums. But oh, they yeah. weren't, the albums weren't as good. Yeah. And then they got some new members. and But, yeah, that album was just off the charts. They, yeah. They, they kind of sold hits. out to corporate, which mm-hmm. was very unlike where they were. Yeah. You know, they were very down-to-earth, uh, mm-hmm. acoustic, electric, uh, you know, northwest sound. Right. And they had, and they probably had to abandon that to keep mm-hmm. going. And yeah. so they kind of jumped onto the whole MTV and 80s sound and, yeah. it, and big hair, I remember. Oh, huge hair, like dark lip. Like they just looked the total punk rock scene and which they were getting into their rock vibe. So I'm sure that they liked at the moment, mm-hmm. but they kind of started to realize that that was not what they were going for. So then Nancy or no, sorry, Anne started gaining weight and people like literally tore her apart for it. Mm-hmm. They were so mean, and they said that basically they would be a lot richer if if Anne started losing weight. And so then they started putting Nancy in the forefront and selling Nancy. And there was like a music video where Nancy was laying in like a gold mold, and then out came Nancy from it, and it. <laughs> And then Anne was like, and I was in the back being the welder. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to remember which one that yeah. was. Oh, man. I don't know, but it was just kind of a symbol where yeah. they didn't want to show her because they were trying to sell them as Real these corporate. sex symbols. Yeah. 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 So basically after that, they kind of started like doing their own things and living their lives. And Anne adopted a kid and or two kids and got married, which I think might have been the original high guy. They started a new band called the Love Mongers, and their first album was called Whirly Gig. And they were like, you know what? 
we're having this album that has nothing to do with heart and we can do whatever we want that was very uh, very um, folksy again mm-hmm. when they, they started diving into those roots i remember that yeah. album. i don't buy it but, right yeah but yeah it was just very different and because they could and then over time it they were still doing hard stuff but i know ann made a solo band and um they went on some tours they brought back actually roger and steve um and then they did like a diva tour and with like Katy Perry and Paramore and stuff with mm. like all girls, which was cool. And they even co headlined a tour with Def Leppard. No, oh, really? Or no, actually, it might have been Led Zeppelin. They love Led Zeppelin. I think it was it was Led but Zeppelin. But Led Zeppelin had been broken up, so it was probably Def Leppard. I don't know now because yeah, there was no Led Zeppelin. I think I so. get the two of them mixed but up. But they in my did. Head. They were huge Led Zeppelin fans. I know. Well, they play a lot. speaking of Led Zeppelin, yeah. um. My friend Nash, he told me to watch this video, and I did, and it was really good. They were at the Kennedy Center Honors, and they were singing Stairway to Heaven in front of Led Zeppelin, and it was so good. Have you seen that? I have, and there's a little story to the drummer, too. Really? Yeah. What is it? Well. Is it Mike DeRozier? No, no, the drummer is the son of Led Zeppelin's drummer who died when Led oh. Zeppelin's drummer died that was the end of Led Zeppelin they never played again wow and so and his um he always wore this kind of signature hat mm-hmm. and so he was the drummer so the they were written the the surviving members Led Zeppelin were watching the stand you probably saw them mm-hmm. yeah and they were almost they were, crying oh they were so happy yeah and then it was their drummer's son who was playing who's a professional drummer he plays Aww. in bands and then he had the hat on and then that's why that oh. whole band the whole chorus had yeah. the hat on oh i didn't even think about that, that. Well, yeah if you didn't know that you wouldn't recognize it but wow that's how it was really powerful yeah very okay that's yeah. really cool yeah. well it was a great video to watch too it was just they were they did a fantastic job um pretty much from 2017 to now ann's husband was arrested and after that whole incident, like, Anne and Nancy stopped speaking for some reason. They kind of went through a little pickle. They picked back up. And they were like, we're going on tour together. And I think they did. But then they announced a hiatus. Or no, they announced a hiatus, said they were going on tour together. And then after that, kind of just fizzled yeah. out a little bit. I don't, there was no substantial breakup or, no. you know, I mean, they're sisters in the end. So it's like... Yeah. I heard they have a new album. I mean, they were working think, on it at yeah. least. Uh, They've released all this. some albums throughout all of this, so yeah. I know that there's still some content happening. I, I've I've got a few other, you know, downloaded some of their songs. There's some pretty good songs here, you know, in the 2000s they put out. You know, it's just it's a different industry, but there's mm-hmm. some really good stuff in, in there, and they've kind of actually got heavier. Their sounds, yeah, got some heavier stuff into it. And they went and redid a few songs on an, an album recently. Well, oh. about three or four years ago, they kind of redid a few of them. They didn't feel mm-hmm. like they did a good job back in the 80s. They on. kind of mastered them a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they took out some of the 80s keyboard type huh. stuff that they were doing then and kind of stripped it down. It That's pretty cool. Good. Yeah, so it was pretty good. Wow. What are some of the songs you like? Well, well I wanted to share a couple things really oh, before we do that one. I just found a couple cool things or like some funny well, things. All right. Um, they performed at a Beatles tribute concert, which was cool. Okay. And then in the 2000s, they went on tour with Journey. So it's just kind of a few things that have touched yeah. into my, my yeah. musical past here. I didn't know that. Um, they were in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And uh, I thought this, this was kind of funny. Um, so the, the Make Love to You song 
the music video for it is like this girl picking up a hitchhiker and then they like go back to his hotel and everybody was like really upset about it because they thought that it would lead women to start picking up more hitchhikers and put themselves (laughs) into danger and so everybody was like this is a bad message and everyone's like it's just a music video like like how often does this happen (laughs) but i don't know it kind of just was funny to me (laughs) um but i don't know i did love um the song i did like never in these dreams um barracuda obviously and it's hard for me to pick out a song because i had so much disapproval to him at the beginning Mm -hmm. so i really enjoyed the content and i liked the songs but i should have gone back and listened to more afterwards there's a lot of music to sift there through is and a lot of changes a lot of different yeah, yeah a lot of different phases of their life yeah. so um yeah yeah that I, was my time i like the i like you know the first four albums a lot mm-hmm. they had one album that you were talking about mushroom records and how they messed them over and mm-hmm. there was a lawsuit on they, they released an album called magazine that was kind of like incomplete they, they got it out there it had uh-huh. heartless on it i don't know if you heard the oh song. i like heartless that's a yeah good one. that was a good song on that you know it, it was they never got to even finish it and went to courts mm. and they finally got that out but um yeah so you know some of those, those first four albums are i really like that kind of that mix of the folk acoustic and yeah at the time i really liked the album it was just called heart in the mid 80s mm-hmm. with all the oh hit. yeah i had the iconic but, I don't like it as much now because it sounds a little, some of the music sounds a little dated. Yeah. Um, not really what, in, in the big scheme of things, what their sound's all about. But it's part of their history. And, right. And like I said, there's some good songs in there. but um, And there's some older songs, uh, or some newer songs in there too. There's one called Two that Nancy sings. It's, mm. She started singing more in her later albums, oh, okay. a few more songs. And it's really good, but. Yeah, I'm glad you had a good voyage with that after yes. a rocky start. <laughs> yes, I really overcame some yeah. internal battles. Yeah. But please, I am so interested to hear about Fall Out Boy. Yeah, okay, well, let's talk about that. But it was a real challenge to sift through the information. I didn't expect that because I just figured, okay, they got five, Another six albums. And, uh, you know, they were around since around 2001 or three or so. So how hard could it be? Right. Right. Okay, well, let's talk about Fallout Boy. I always wondered where the... I didn't really like the name. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it kind of makes myself mad at myself for uh, just not really understanding and just making these assumptions. Right. And so, anyway, Fallout Boy. Uh, it was named after, the, from the show, The Simpsons, a superhero character on there. And I haven't watched The Simpsons a lot, and I don't know anything about this. So... Mm-mm. Uh, I guess there was a character called Fallout Boy, like nuclear fallout. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> who was kind of like the, you know, if you had Batman and Robin, he was, Fallout Boy was the Robin to the Batman. Of, mm. The Batman would have been Radioactive Man. Oh, and he was so, the Fallout Boy. Yeah, he was kind of like the pint-sized version, I guess, so, oh. of Radioactive Man. And so they named uh, their band after that character. That's... And I think it really went into a, a comic or something, too, and there really mm-hmm. was one. As well. So anyway, that's where the name came from. Wow. So it makes more sense now. Yeah. Because I was like, what is that? Yeah. And I didn't like I it at first. Thought and I thought, it, okay, now I like the name better because I get more context. Duh. Yeah. Uh, they've been categorized heavily as pop punk or emo punk. And there's about a dozen other categories mm-hmm. too. But those kind of the ones that you can kind of get a little better picture. Oh, yeah. Um, at least later on, this was in, I think, a Rolling Stone interview. They had said... 
this is years later they go it doesn't really reflect what we would categorize ourselves now yeah maybe when we were young mm -hmm. you know they felt like their music had evolved but anyway still people still do that anyway yeah so yeah they were formed back in uh, 2001 in chicago kind of in this punk scene you know 2000s punk scene oh yeah absolutely. and they, you know they were were guy, a few guys coming and going when bands come together like always and then they kind of settle on their band and, mm -hmm. and that all sifts through and so they've had the same four guys ever since about 2001 and they were very young all mm -hmm. of them very young so the band is uh, comprised of Patrick Stump he's their vocal keyboardist uh, guitar play some guitar main lead vocals though he's been described I don't know if I I don't know. I, I, this is just way he was described, but it's a mixture of Elvis Costello. I don't know if you're familiar familiar with Elvis Costello, but um, is that just Elvis? Not not the Elvis. It's oh, a okay. Different I one, was but, like me, but he's well known. Okay. Um, Prince and then Steve Perry. I I could see some Steve. Perry You think so? In there. Okay. I I was listening. I, don't know I, I about never Prince, but yeah, I, I never could really come to an opinion on that. But he has a very loud voice. So when he originally auditioned as one of the other members, kind of a couple of the other members were putting the band together. And so he auditioned as a drummer originally. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. And so uh, that eventually, you know, they said, well, you need to be our vocalist. Mm -hmm. And then so he composes the music itself, not mm -hmm. the lyrics, but the music. A little story about that. Uh, he appears in TV movies. He's never felt like he's the main guy in the band, even though he's the front the lead singer oh, yeah i was but, gonna comment on that because i feel like i mean you'll talk about pete wentz yeah but everybody knows pete okay and i always thought that growing up pete wentz was the the main person he's just the guitarist yeah yeah he's a bass guitar. so i once you i didn't know who the person was singing until i actually saw a music video oh okay which is shocking huh. interesting it, that's exactly yeah, where say, I was going. Unfortunately, his feelings are too. Yeah, well, and then Patrick had never sang until he started joining a band, some oh. bands. Yeah, um, you know, maybe even before Fall Out Boy, he was in a few bands, just mm -hmm. kind of getting it together. So Pete Wentz, interesting. Um, maybe I'll start here. He seems like the most complicated personality in the band, from what I've learned. So he's bass, guitar, some vocals, not lead, mm -hmm. background. Uh, he was an all-state soccer player growing up. He could have actually pursued, tried to pursue pro soccer, really? uh, but wanted to go into music instead. But he yeah. had those skills. Uh, he has a film production company. He's appeared in TV shows. He's the band's lyricist. So, and this goes to their first album. I guess uh, Stump was writing their lyrics first, mm -hmm. and and Wentz came in very with a very strong opinion, like, and just started picking them apart. Okay. And so Stump actually graciously just kind of okay you be the lyricist i'll just do the kind of compose the music but uh, yeah. you write all the lyrics and so that kind of led to all the name we'll get into song names and all that yeah so uh he was married to ashley simpson for three years oh my God, I forgot and that about led that. to a lot of turmoil when that ended yeah um and then and i'll get to that but he uses irony and literary devices so you know some uh, metaphors similes also sorts of uh, literary devices in his writing to narrate personal experiences and his lyrics and it's often what he's going through joe troman he's the lead guitar uh and vocalist uh in the background uh he's self-taught guitarist at the age 15 and he met stump at borders <laughs> really yeah i forgot about borders yeah good times. i know I, good times yeah andy hurley 
drummer. He's a CrossFit athlete, and he is—he has a very healthy lifestyle. And he—I mean, this is to the max, and it goes into great detail. And I'm not going to yeah. do that, but uh, about you know what he eats and how he exercises, and it's just—it's re- pretty impressive, amazing. So anyway, that's that's he's really into Good that stamina for drums, I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so we get to 2003, and they get their first album, and it's called uh, "Take This to Your Grave." So the band was in poverty, you know, like many are when they first uh, right. record an album, and they literally had no food, oh, and no. they were kind of like, "We need you to get us some like peanut butter and jelly and sandwiches." Yeah. So they were eating PBJs. I mean, they just had nothing. Oh my gosh. And so, I think they were uh, recording in their pajamas or something. I don't know. It was something they they were just. Mm-hmm. You know, had nothing. Absolutely. Um, Stump started writing the lyrics, and like I said, and then uh, Wentz, that's when he started picking them apart and mm-hmm. became the lyricist. It's a real raw energy album. I mean, they are high energy, and I started this out this time. I just watched their videos. Huh. They have great videos. They do. They just these high energy, interesting videos. Uh-huh. And, and I was listening, and I go, I don't know the name of that song after I'm done. Um, but uh, it was kind of, you know, I appreciated it more. Um, I just watched the next one. I go, wow, that's kind of interesting. It's just interesting. Uh-huh. They are so high energy on stage. It's incredible. Yeah. I was just, fun I was to watch. really, I don't know. I was really impressed with that. And so I could see, wow, I can see where, I'll, you know, a younger generation would just totally jump on this. This is, right. this is great. So a real high energy, raw energy album. Uh, they are big on the long sign, uh, song titles. Uh-huh. It's uh, so what, uh, just an example. I mean, this is pretty common. Uh, reinventing the wheel to run over myself. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was, uh, that's kind of where Wentz is coming from. And you can look that's them up funny. and there are, there's more, I got more. And so, you know, they got, uh, some following going there and that got them to 2005 they went on tour you know they went on tour mm-hmm. 2005 they're recording from under the cork tree um some more very long song titles and this one i don't know the story behind it if it's all true our lawyer made us change the name of this song so we wouldn't get sued i was gonna bring that one up <laughs> so funny yeah and uh, so they're that's you know maybe not even the longest song title there uh, during this time, Wentz had an emotional breakdown, or either I couldn't tell, but either during or following this, mm-hmm. probably during and following, and took time off. He went back to his parents' home and regrouped. He was mm-hmm. a mess. I think that's when he broke up with Ashley Simpson. Uh, they had a tour coming up. He was regrouped at home enough, and he went back out on tour. You know, and they're highly successful. They had the hit "Sugar We're Going Down." A great song. So, uh, you know, and there's other hits as well, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that uh, spawned quite a few hits. 2007, Infinity on High. Great. So Wentz had by then established himself as the most extra, extroverted band member, like you were talking, mm-hmm. that you, that's who you identified with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and I kind of noticed that in the in the videos. You you know, you're kind of drawn to him. He's just interesting and high energy, mm-hmm. and just they, they gave him a lot of airtime. Well, he also at that time, I feel like as well, had the most iconic scene look mm-hmm. like if you're aware if you know what the word scene means i feel like it's okay kinda, maybe i don't it's like the sh- the store um oh i can't what's that like store it's all black in the the mall 
And um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to think of it later and really be upset with myself. But anyways, it's just one of those things. It's like the belts with the studs on them and the black hair that's going over uh-huh. and like the fishnets and, you know, okay. just like the so layers. Dark apparel. Yeah, it's it's called scene, oh. and but it's like the pop punk, everything. Oh, okay. Anyways, All I right. feel like he really established that look, and mm-hmm. everyone kind of identified that. Whereas okay. the lead singer kind of went with pretty plain. Yeah, he did some, but yeah, not not the same. Yeah, it sounds like a sign of the just times. Kind of shows their personalities, and mm-hmm. you know, and Stump was totally fine with that. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, I don't you go be that. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. And this just had hits. And uh, I really struggled with this one because of the way it was spelled. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the memories. But yeah. it's all like, a, a you know, an old early 2000s text on a oh flip phone. Oh, my gosh, yes. It's the way it's spelled. And and I, I didn't know if it was like, thanks for the murmurs or thanks and the memories. And I, yeah. obviously, listening to the song, you figure it out. Next one I can't pronounce. Uh, it's because I don't know if. I guess it's French, French or something. Yeah, and I Follet Do or Do or oh. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it was her fourth album. Okay. Uh, it didn't go real well. Uh, it was a painful recording experience. There's lots of band squabbles. Uh, the LP did not fare as well as the first three. I think it was real slow out of the gate, and then you know it, it ended up selling. They had their core fans, and there's some songs some people like. Some fans did not like the new song. I couldn't tell. Yeah. Um, I you know it's, it's not one of those things. I was enough tuned into the band to know if their style had changed that much, so I didn't notice it. Um, band was unhappy with how they were playing on stage. They mm. didn't feel like they were in, t- in sync with each other, and so they went on the famous hiatus. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Oh, they called it the decompression. Okay. And so later on, they did that for a few years and did whatever. The drummer, uh, Trohan, feels like this was a good move in hindsight to take the time off. A few years later, he looked back and go, yeah, it was a good move. We really needed it. We were kind mm-hmm. of self-destructing and all of that. And, yeah. yeah, and that happens a lot with bands that you hear. They um, they are going, going, going. They're recording, touring, recording, touring. And they go from eating peanut butter sandwiches to all of a sudden they're in limos their whole lifestyle changes and then you know they maybe they get a family or something all these different dynamics mm-hmm. and they slow down and then you're just tired and you're getting a little older and and then you kind of crash there and so you got to kind of regroup and mm-hmm. you know and so that's kind of hard so that's they follow the real standard rock and roll band yeah uh pattern i, th- I felt like and so anyway they came back uh th- 2013 the recording again and they had the save rock and roll album their focus was on re-imaging and reinventing their sound. It's my favorite album. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was very successful. In fact, critics that were ready to go tear them apart mm-hmm. are ready. You know, they're re- waiting and ready because oh, yeah. they figured they'd just be, you know, trash coming back and after yeah. the last one. Uh, they got some pretty good reviews on it and they were kind of kind to them and the hiatus seemed to help. Uh, they, you know, they have had some collaborating, you know, uh, with other Oh yeah, artists and I. Every time I, I just can't stand those. But yeah, they have one with like Big Sean, and I'm kind of like, eh, it's probably yeah. unnecessary. Well, they did Courtney Love, who used to be oh, Kurt Cobain's uh, wife. The Ratatat song. Is it? Yeah, okay. okay, I don't, I don't know. know. I Anyways. skipped it. Um, I just I didn't even listen to him hardly. I did the Elton John a little bit, and I was like, eh. Yeah. Um, 
again, just uh, the duo thing Not a big doesn't duo, work guys, for okay. me. No, and yeah, I didn't think it was that good a song. So, but it probably sold albums. Probably. Yeah. So the hits, uh, The Phoenix, mm-hmm. and my songs, Know What You Did in the Dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the song titles start shortening as they get older. Yeah. I noticed for the most part. 2015, uh, they recorded American Beauty, American Psycho. And it was very successful again. So they're mm-hmm. still on a roll and they got hits like Centuries. One I really liked is Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman's a good song. <laughs> That's a quirky song. Yeah. I like it. I guess they had to, you know, get her approval and all that. And she was really surprised about it. And uh, But anyway, yeah. it all worked out. You're like, well, they right. have a lot of reference. I'll get into that. They have a lot of references to people in their songs. I'll point a mm-hmm. few more out. Uh, that leads up to 2018, pretty recent, called Mania. Um, they scrapped the original recording and rewrote and recorded it on the fly. It shows, I think. Mm. Uh, I went and listened to it. It's not. I don't think it's a very good album. It wasn't reviewed. I went and looked at the reviews. They weren't very good. Yeah. Uh, it was their shortest LP with the shortest song titles, which is okay. But yeah, a lot of mixed reviews. Some people described them as Maroon Five esque. Ah. Uh, they kind of went down that road and abandon what their formula for working it reminded me of U2 and I really like U2 a lot maybe I'll have you do that yeah Uh, but sometimes I feel like U2 works so hard to reinvent itself for this age this era that I love their first three albums just that they were kind of like fallout boy raw energy in the first three albums and they really haven't come back to that just in little spurts and I wish they would just go back and do an album like that I know they're not 18 but this kind of reminded me of that, that you're straying a little too far from your roots. You know, yeah. it's good to mix it up, but... But everyone can see through that. Yeah. And so there's fewer hits. There's less guitar and more keyboards and a lot of silly lyrics. Uh, they seem to have lost touch with their demographic, I felt like. And there, there's a song that's just atrocious. It's called The Young and the Menace. I One review I also noticed, something about... It just reminds you of the chaoticness of... Uh, a cat chasing a laser. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way they likened it. it I was, love it, people. Yeah, and it was just like, you know, sitting and looking at, you know, without blinking at a fluorescent light or something. Oh my it gosh, just, just so all over the place. Yeah, so it was really rough. So yeah, that's kind of where they left off. They toured and now they're not doing, I don't know what they're doing, but uh, they share their money equally. So they're, oh. that's pretty cool. And one thing they don't ever want to do is tour if they're not writing new music, which I applaud them for doing that, even though the last album didn't work well. Mm-hmm. But that happens to a lot of artists and bands. Right. So they respect bands who still record late in their career. And there's not into, they don't want to be that band that's playing the old hits, you know, and they mm-hmm. go and they just recycle these hits. And, you know, like I'll call out Journey on that. And I know, and I think they've been called out a lot. Yeah. On, by some of the. Hardcore fans is like play some deeper cuts rather than just play. I know you're gonna gotta play. Don't stop believing. Right. A few of those you just gotta do that. But you gotta play money makers different. and but but go deep, a little deeper mm-hmm. on some of your stuff. You've got so much music that you don't have to play just the yeah. surface level hits. And that's they don't want to do that. Right. And they want to play some new material too, even though they know the fans are gonna want the old. I respect and, that. So I, I like how they value that. So songs I liked, uh, Thanks for the Memories, uh, Dance Dance was all right, mm-hmm. Uma Thurman, good song, The Phoenix, I like that, Last of the Real Ones. Uh, this, I don't know if I like the song, but I like the title, Stay Frosty Royal Milk, Milk Tea. <laughs> <laughs> I 
It's a shout out to Tanya Harding in there. Okay. Yeah, and the kids aren't all right. Well, the, the Who have a song called The Kids Are All Right. Oh, right. And they do a lot of shout outs. So I betcha, betcha that there's a connection to the old Who song. Probably. Uh, there's one called Death Valley. Uh, shout out to the Flintstones, uh, the Disloyal Order of the Water Buffaloes, because <laughs> Fred and Barney were members of the Loyal Order of Water Buffaloes Club, kind of like so the Elks or you know, one of yeah. those clubs. Yeah, and then there's I Don't Care and the Takeover, the Breakover. So. Wow. So, yeah. Proud of you. You did your research. Yeah. You was, did a lot. That was a lot, yeah. I would highly recommend for anyone who wants to learn more about Fall Out Boy, the show the podcast armchair expert with Dax Shepard he interviews Pete Wentz because they're actually really good friends oh okay um and I would recommend it for you too go back and listen to that because it he talks a lot about his breakdown and I don't really remember a lot of it but I know that he goes through what he was going through and then I remember him talking about when he came back they're like okay we're sharing money equally like all that kind of stuff so it's very interesting mm-hmm. if you guys want to learn more about fallout boy but yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, check I'm that glad. Out. Yeah, I kind of had the same views on the music. Like, I liked the Save Rock and Roll album, but it's kind of when I, like, I was in high school, and I don't know, I really liked it. And so, the classics, always. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, good. Yeah, cool. Well, we uh, need to reveal for next week. Uh, yes, yes, yes. So, uh... Got some time to think about it. Yeah. Well... Um, what is it? I'll tell you who you get. The Boss. Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Minor details. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Okay, I was actually thinking about that the other day because we were listening to Mary's Place, yeah. and that is my favorite Bruce yeah. Springsteen of all time. Yeah. Is that a well-known song? It is, but it, it missed the time of the hit. You know, it's 2000, it was right after 9-11. Mm-hmm. Um, that out from the album about 9-11. Some more important and, things And so on. it is, um, but not as some others okay had it been uh 10 years earlier it would have just been crushing yeah uh it's just one of those things it's okay. a fantastic Childhood. song yeah. that is great um well i am so excited that's awesome okay for you i really don't once again don't know much about this band um but i think you actually might like them uh, they're called Arctic Monkeys. Oh, I've heard of them. Yeah. Have you? Yeah, I've heard of them. I've seen them, but I don't know any songs. I, uh, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't Arctic say Monkeys. I'm a diehard fan, like, in terms yeah. of I know all their songs. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. I do like their sound. Yeah. You know, I've I've heard them. I just didn't uh, assimilate that. So. Yeah. Um, I couldn't tell you a song or anything. Uh, next week I will. Yeah, next week you'll know. <laughs> I think you'll have fun with uh, it. Yeah. I'm excited. Arctic Monkeys. And Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. Springsteen. Yeah. All right. Well, that's something cool. to look forward to. That's for sure. All right. Well, follow our Instagram, rate and review, watch Eurovision, and uh, anything else? Yeah. Have a great week. Yeah. And yeah, have a great week. All right. We'll see you later. <laughs> All right. Take care.